Welcome, treasure hunters, to Lost and Found, the richest show on the internet. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Olivia. And we'll be your guides on this quest to riches and adventure. So, let's get hunting. This week, we're talking about the Oak Island mystery, which, like any good treasure, is buried and involves pirates. I love pirates. The story really starts in 1799 on Oak Island, which is part of Nova Scotia. I looked up how to pronounce it. (laughs) My entire life, I'm like, Nova Scotia? I know it's Nova Scotia, but I've never seen it written down, so I'm probably like, Scotia? Nova Scott? Nova Scotland? What? (laughs) A guy named Daniel McGuinness was just living his life, trying to find a good place for a farm. And then he noticed a depression in the ground. He had heard the story of the legendary pirate captain kid who claimed to have buried his treasure on this island. Plus, the dirt was already loose, as if someone had dug it up before. Like yesterday? Um, Maybe if he looked out the window like a few (laughs) days earlier, like, oh. Oh, there's some mysterious figure digging in the Captain Kid? What? Kid? Whatever. Yeah, it's like with two Ds. Two Ds? Captain Kid Dada. Kid (laughs) Dada. Double D. I'm gonna call him Captain (laughs) Captain Double D. So naturally, he thinks there must be treasure in that depression. Obviously. there certainly wasn't treasure in his depression. (laughs) So he calls up his friends, and together they start digging, just guys being dudes. After two feet, they find a layer of flagstones, and I don't know what that is, but later they start finding layers of oak platforms, like every ten feet. And after thirty feet, they stop digging, overcome with... And I quote, superstitious dread. That's a lot of stitious. <laughs> and it actually seemed to be well-founded, that superstitious dread, because for the next hundred years or so, the history involves a whole lot of misfortune. Shortly after those three pals stopped at digging, a man had heard, who had heard about the treasure was wounded by another treasure hunter. Oh no. Yeah, he didn't die. That comes later. Oh, boy. Here we go. (laughs) The next problem happened eight years later, sometime between 1803 and 1807, when the Onslow Company comes in to find the treasure. They make it down to 90 feet, like, digging, finding more oak platforms, and even a stone with strange markings on it. But before finding any treasure, the pit floods with 60 feet of water. And here's the thing. Nobody knows why. Oh! So, Wait, I know why. Why? Moses was down there, and he <laughs> hit the rock with this thing, and then water flooded. <laughs> Moses, you scalawag. <laughs> okay, they tried again, the same company, and they, so they dig a second shaft, but that one floods too. Another company, the Truro Company. Makes Truro? <laughs> Truro. Sounds like Truro. <laughs> no, it has like a T and an R. So this company makes an attempt in 1849, and they make it all the way down to 86 feet, and it floods for a third time. So another 10 years passes. <laughs> and this time, the company is called the Oak Island Association. Maybe if you have Oak Island in the name... Yeah, you, you think you can overcome the yeah. superstition, but no. Oh. They're determined to get this supposed treasure, so because the original shaft was flooded, they drill a side shaft, and while they're doing that, the first shaft collapses. No! Yeah. People are starting to suspect that the pit is booby-trapped. 
It takes you wait. Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. When was this last one? I don't know. Ten years after 1849. So, 1860. So, it takes about 60 years for them to be like, maybe it's booby trap. Yeah. I was going to say, maybe they haven't seen Indiana Jones, but those didn't come out yet. Okay. They think it's booby trapped because the new shaft floods again. This time, a guy dies. Oh, no. And then they run out of money and give up. So Maybe they just have poor plumbing. Man, Nova Scotia in the 1850s. Maybe they get some plumbing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they do. Here's where things get really interesting. Because we're about to involve a real-life president. Which one? FDR. (gasps) Of New Deal fame. Hero of the Depression. He was a member of a group called the Old Gold Salvage Group. And can we oh, just take a moment here to appreciate name. that name? <laughs> yeah, that's a bad It sounds like a band I would listen to. And if you saw my playlist, you'd be like, you would, wouldn't you? You would. Anywho. Anyway. A different guy from the group slides into the old money pit, as it was now known. So he digs down to 113 feet. They find nothing. In fact, no one ever found anything. A few more excavation operations kill a few more guys over the next century, but they do make it down to 181 feet. Oh, good job! Yeah, they hit bedrock. Collapsing partnerships, destroying families, still finding nothing. You know, the norm. Yeah. For treasure hunters. Beware treasure hunters. It's going to be a terrible time. You're going to have to be prepared for this. Of course, nowadays, the real treasure is in the tourism. (laughs) And the friends you make along the way. Um, (laughs) In 2006, some some brothers from Michigan, <gasps> of all places. Wait, is this what? Oh, I'm excited. Because I think I know where this is going. I watched that program on the History yeah, Channel. Yeah, they got a show. There's tours all the time, and they keep saying that they want to resume, like, large operations to find the treasure and solve the mystery. And uh, according to the Oak Island Treasure Act of 2011, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some bureaucracy. Own, got their own act. Yeah. Sounds treasure serious. hunting is still allowed on the island as long as you have a license given by the Minister of Natural Resources, which, oh my gosh, we need right now. I'm gonna go... Look it up right now. How do you get a license? So that's the history. Here are the theories. First, people want to know what might be down there. Some people think it might have the missing jewels of Marie Antoinette, which she gave to her maid when an angry mob of women showed up at her palace during the revolution, like you do. In 2017, a 500-year-old garnet brooch was found, <gasps> corroborating this theory, but, you know, nothing else. Aww. Just that. Others think that the pit was used to hide manuscripts, showing that Francis Bacon was the real Shakespeare. Also, because of some markings found that looked Masonic, some researchers say the pit was made by the Knights Templar. Aww. Get Nick Cage in here, stat. And holds the Ark of the Covenant and the Holy Grail. So, there's that. So all the treasure hunting movies put into one place. Basically. <laughs> Got it. The biggest theory about the treasure by far is that it holds Captain Kidd's pirate treasure or even Blackbeard's treasure. As he said, he buried his loot, quote, where none but Satan and myself can find it. Arg. Sounds like a future episode to me. <laughs> of course, there is one more theory, but it's not much fun. For the sake of thoroughness, I shall share it nonetheless. According to a guy named Joe Nickel, there's no treasure at all. 
The pit is just a natural sinkhole. It would look like a human dug pit because that's the way sinkholes work. <laughs> and the layers of oak could come from trees just falling into the hole because of weather. Also, similar sinkholes are found like on the mainland right next door. <laughs> that would also explain why it floods every other week. I think, how would we find this treasure? We'll have to befriend the brothers and then... Well, there's two of them. There's two of us. Yeah, we could take them. Divide and conquer. Push them into the... <gasps> Wait! of convenience. Maybe we need to throw gold down there. Maybe oh there's a god, god down there there's and it god. needs gold. Human or... sacrifice. Kill the Michigan brothers. Oh, no. These people died and they found a 500-year-old garnet brooch. Hmm. We need more people to die. You're right. I mean, there's only like six deaths total, so... If we want, There's like, like, 8 billion people to push a few down there. I mean, I think 600 would do it. Yeah. Because that's, like, 100 times more. We get 100 garnet brooches, and that's, like, a million dollars, right? Or if maybe, if you put more people instead of brooches, you'll find more, <laughs> better treasure. Oh! It's good, <laughs> because, like, who wears brooches? Old people? You're right. I know an old person, and she wears brooches. Old women. That's who. What happens when we get old? Will we adopt the old people culture? So, like, we'll start wearing these Antoinette brooches. I, I hope think it dies we'll, out. we'll find our own old people things, and we'll just have like saggy tattoos. Saggy tattoos. <laughs> Honestly, for this treasure and all other treasures, you're gonna need some haggling skills <gasps> as well as skills to profit the stuff you find. So I have five haggling skills. And then I have five skills on how to help you profit off of the treasure you find. So, tip number one for haggling. Know when to haggle. It's kind of a given. But, like, yeah. most of these treasures aren't in America. So, you're going to want to know when it's culturally acceptable to start haggling. <laughs> because you don't want to be in Before a... Before or after dinner. <laughs> exactly. And you never know. You might end up in a Walmart like store and you can't really haggle at walmart to dress down because when you're trying to haggle you want the cheapest thing so if you're wearing nice flashy clothes that just says like, i can, can afford, afford whatever this. i want exactly tip number three is know the maximum price you're willing to pay so just think about look at your item and be like hmm, i'm gonna pay like four dollars for this this is max for the treasure i <laughs> No, this is for when you're, like, running out of things and you need to, like... Oh, okay. To I fund the treasure. Yeah, fund the treasure. When you run out of money and you need... Inevitable. Rations because you lost it. Or maybe someone has a treasure that you want. You need to haggle them down. You need to maximize your not paying money. <laughs> Profit once again? I don't know. Whatever. But know the maximum price you want to pay. Do some research if need be because, you know, you don't want to be like, I want $5 million for this brooch that's like two pennies. <laughs> like, know what? No, what? No. Just no. Number four. Offer a 25 to 50% discount for your first offer. Basically, you know, they're only going to give you like a 10 or 15% discount. So... If you do something ridiculous, that allows you to work down to maximize the oh. less amount of money you're going to pay. Yeah. Number five, which is very key, show hesitation. 
Oh, yeah, it's kind of counter. you switcheroo. Yeah, it's counter. Yeah. So when you're like that, you're like, mm. when you're eager, it's like, I really want that. I want that. I want that. I'll pay whatever you're going to make me pay. But if you're hesitation, like, I don't know. Do I actually want this? But then the other person's like, oh, no, I just want to sell this ticket. Please go. So now that was for haggling for five tips to profit on your treasure. So this is after you've gotten your treasure and you're trying to sell it. Rule number one, do your research. Like, look around for how much this treasure tends to go for. But what if it's a unique treasure? Exactly. This is this is the holy grail we're talking about. Yeah, well, try to find other similar artifacts that, like, are horribly unique that everyone's been looking for. Or just make up a number, honestly. You know? You have yeah. the treasure. Come like, on. Just think about your rent and yeah. then think about... Yeah, do your rent and then multiply it by 50 years. Anywho, <laughs> tip number two, dress up. It's kind of the opposite for haggling. When you dress nicely, they're like, ooh, this man has money or woman has money. Oh. And they're not going to, they treasure. know how they got, they know how to get money. Mm. So obviously, they're going to expect high amounts of prices if they're dressed nicely. True. Now the minimum price you're going to pay is for tip number three. A fun tactic is like my favorite tactic ever that I've never used but want to is what you do is um, you offer an absurdly high amount for the item. So let's say I have this iPhone here. Oh. I want $3,000 for this iPhone. Oh. Exactly. And then you're like, oh, yeah, you're right. That is too much. How about like $100? How about like 10 cents? No, stop it. Get out of here. <laughs> it doesn't work for Olivia, but other people, after you say that absurd price, they're like, what? And then you offer a reasonable price. And then they're like, oh, that's fine. Here, get, take my money. Even though it's still a pretty high price. Tip number four, show hesitation. Again, it's kind of on the opposite side. When you're eager, it's like, yeah, I just want money and want to get rid of this. But if you're like hesitant, so you're like, maybe I actually don't want to sell this. But yeah. you really, the you other person really wants it. sentimental now. I've yeah. had it for a week. Maybe. I really, yeah, I've had it for two hours and I just found it by yeah, accident. It really speaks to me. It really speaks. Oh, 4,100 billion K. Tip number five. And it's the most important thing you can remember about maximizing your profit. And it's the Frankie's first rule of acquisition. Once you have their money, you, you never, never give, give it, it back. back. <laughs> there you go. We're Jasmine and Olivia reminding you that the real treasure is the friends you make along the way. Finger gun Finger to gun. the outro. <laughs> 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 <laughs>